I want to take us back for the, at the beginning here to our very first reading, the very tail end of it. This is picking up on a story from last week where Peter had healed someone, and now they're kind of being on trial. They're being questioned for this uh, before the religious leaders. And this is the final verse there of that first reading. And what I'd like to do is if you would read it out loud together with me. So let's, let's do this together. Ready? There is no salvation through anyone else, nor is there any other name. Stop. Wait. Stop. Stop. We're going to do this again. But this time, I want you to do it softer. In fact, we're going to whisper it. Okay? Whisper these words with me. There is no salvation through anyone else, nor is there any other name under heaven given to the human race by which we are to be saved. Because we don't want anybody to hear us. We might offend them with these words. Keep it to yourselves. Because we live in a culture, a pluralistic culture, as we say, a culture that says we have to be tolerant of everything, a culture that says every God, every religion is the same thing. It doesn't matter. And if we're going to hold to those words, friends, that's intolerant. That's exclusive. That, in today's world, is hateful to say that and to believe it. We got a real dilemma on our hands, don't we, as Christians today, if we're going to hold to what we believe. Now, of course, our goal is not to ever offend anyone. In fact, we don't even want to condemn anyone. Granted, there are some Christians who that's how they act. I, I, I mean, I've seen them. I, I kind of wonder, like, I get the impression, I think they like condemning people. I, I think they like the idea that people could be in hell. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. We, we don't condemn. We don't need to condemn. Jesus himself said, I don't condemn anyone. But he explained why. He didn't need to. He said this, whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. We don't need to condemn. Friends, people need to believe. We need to believe that Jesus is the only Son of God. And in fact, what, as Christians, what we need to do, we're kind of, is, we've kind of started setting this aside. We need to believe that people need to believe Jesus is the Son of God. That reading says there is only one way of salvation. There's only one name under heaven. There is no one else. And here's why. Here is why. Because there is no one else like our God Jesus. No one else. And our reading today now from the gospel and the story of the good shepherd that Jesus shares for us, with us, just reinforces this point. So let's look at what he says. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now you tell me what shepherd does that for sheep. Shepherds will certainly risk their lives for the sheep. No doubt about that. They want to protect them. In the Old Testament, we have stories of King David who would fight off lions and he would fight off bears because he was protecting his father's sheep when he was a young shepherd boy. Okay. But it's one thing to risk your life. Jesus says five times in this reading, I lay down my life. I give my life. I sacrifice my life for the sheep. You tell me, what shepherd does that? What shepherd? Because kind of behind that, objectively, is there's, there's an infinite value. There's a difference between 
a person and a sheep, right? You can always get another sheep, but you can only find one you, right? There's only one you. We only have one life. But you can always get another sheep. And in fact, when you think about it, sheep are for people, not the other way around. Sheep are for fleecing. Sheep are for feasting. Rack of lamb, gyros, just go down the list, right? And it's because Jesus said this to a Jewish audience, and he was probably either in the temple or somewhere around the temple, they immediately would have thought of another purpose for sheep, and that is for the sacrifices. In the Old Testament, there were the Passover lambs that were sacrificed. There were the lambs on Yom Kippur that reconciled God with his people. Here's my point. Sheep die for people, not the other way around. A shepherd doesn't die for the lamb. (laughs) But this shepherd becomes the sacrificial lamb. And again, just by, 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 by way of, of measuring, I guess, not only do you have this difference between a person and a sheep, that's only surpassed by the infinite difference between God and us, right? I mean, I ask you, what shepherd dies for the sheep? What God dies for his creation. What creator gives his life for his creatures? And especially creatures who, like sheep, wander away, don't listen, don't follow, don't obey. Our God does. There is no one like our God, Jesus. There is no one. I am the good shepherd, The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, of course, once the shepherd would sacrifice his life for the sheep, that kind of leaves the sheep vulnerable, doesn't it? For the next attack or the next wolf that comes along. It's fair game on the sheep after the shepherd dies. But as we know, and what we're celebrating during Easter, it's not the end of the story. That's why Jesus goes on. I lay down my life in order to take it up again. We don't believe in a dead shepherd. Yes, he died, but he lives. He's resurrected, and he lives to lead us and to guide us, to protect us. The wolf is out there, friends, and the wolf only wants to do one thing, devour us. And a lot of times I think we Christians are naive. We, we kind of just wander through life rather oblivious to the attacks that are constantly there. Do you realize that what the wolf wants to do is he constantly wants to draw us away from the shepherd so that he can devour us? Oh, but not us, you know, naive little sheep wandering like blah, 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 blah. And we just take what we want and we look at what we want and we go after what we want. And we're not listening to the shepherd We're not staying close to the shepherd who protects us from this wolf. Moms and dads, your children, your children, the wolf, you've got to realize this, the wolf wants to devour your children. Teach them to follow the good shepherd. Teach them how to listen to his voice. I was talking with someone this week who actually has sheep. He has a little farm, and and he says, it is an amazing thing. If I walk out into the field, whoom, those sheep, they will just flock to me. But if a stranger walks out into the field, boom, they will scatter in every direction. Why? Because they know him. They trust him. They trust him and they know him. 
And friends, that's what I'm asking you this morning. Do you flock to your shepherd? Because do you really know him? Not know about Jesus and a little bit about religion or Christianity. No, no, no. Do you know Jesus? Do you know his voice and do you hear it in your life? Because he's calling out to you. At the very heart of this reading are these words, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and as I know the Father. Do you want to follow? Do you want to follow? Do you, is it okay with you to just be a sheep? <laughs> or do you need to be in control? Can you really just lovingly, trustingly follow? And we've done this before. We're among friends here. Even if you're a guest, it's okay. We're in a safe place. We're among friends here. Let's be honest. Raise your hand if you have a few issues with control. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Those of you are like, eh, this is out of my control. <laughs> it's okay. There's a very close cousin to being a control freak. I'll call it being a fixer freak. I'm a fixer freak. I always want to fix things. I bet there's a few of us, those of us around here too. A fixer freak always wants to go around fixing things. You know, I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a dad. You know, I'm always trying to fix things for people. The problem with either control or with being a fixer freak doesn't really matter is that you get a false sense of security. This is what I mean. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you can actually be in control of a situation. Sometimes you can actually fix a situation. And that gives you a false sense of security that you can always do that. I can always fix this. I, I can do it. I'll, I'll, I'll make better of this. And we try and we try and try. And then what happens, and this happened to me several times this week, something in life comes your way, and I can't fix it. I, I don't even know what to do. Jesus says, I know you. I know the situation I know what to do. Trust me. Brothers and sisters, if you would let Jesus speak that into your heart today, it'll stir up a little something in your heart that we call faith. Faith that says, and I know you, Jesus. I know you are good. I know you're protecting me. I know you love me. I know you're leading me. I trust you. I trust you. I want to step into just for a moment here what it means to actually know. Jesus says, I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. In order to do this, we've got to step for just a second into the great mystery of the Holy Trinity. This God that we believe in, the three in one, one God and three persons. What happens in that dynamic of who God is? We've got to step into that to understand what this is saying. Within the Holy Trinity, each of those three persons is a radical gift of the self to the other person. So let's just take the Father and the Son today. In the Holy Trinity, the Father and the Son are a complete and total and eternal radical gift of the self to the other person. Nothing is held back. Nothing is hidden. Complete gift of self. Complete love. That's why the other person can completely know the person through and through. So the father knows the son through and through, and the son, vice versa, knows the father. 
Here's the thing. That God, the Father commanded His Son. The Son willingly obeyed the Father. And He came into this world to offer that same radical gift of Himself to us. Nothing is held back. Everything He is Nothing is hidden. God completely gives himself to us. I lay down my life for the sheep. Do you know what this means? We can really know God. Think of how many people you know who talk about, you know, yeah, I'm spiritual. Oh, yeah, you know, there's probably some deity out there somewhere, which is some impersonal force, probably maybe sometimes pays attention to us, other times doesn't. I don't know. Him, her, they, I don't know. Our God wants us to know him through and through, to know his heart, to know who he is, and to have a relationship with him. And he invites us into that He knows you personally. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he invites you to come and know him. The thing is about coming to know God, it takes an eternity to come to know him. That's what he gives us. An eternity of searching into the mystery of who he is. And coming to know that you are loved more than you could ever, ever imagine. And the reason why we gather here today And what we do now in this action that we call the Eucharist, and if you listen closely to all the different prayers, what we are doing, friends, is saying back to him, we're offering back to him a radical gift of ourselves. Nothing hidden. No masks. No pretending. Nothing. Here I am, Lord. (laughs) This is a mess. I know. But here I am. I'm not going to pretend. Here I am, Lord. I offer myself completely to you. And he says, and I love you. And I accept you. This is what faith is. This is what we are doing in the Eucharist week after week. We're saying, I trust you. You are my shepherd. I love you. I want to follow you. I'm going to ask you again. Can you just let yourself be a sheep? Is that okay with you? Are you willing to follow? Stop being a control freak. Stop being a fixer freak. Just... I'm going to trust him. Would you grab your hymnals in front of you there? And open to hymn 740. It's not going to be on the screen, so please grab the hymnal. This is a very simple little children's hymn I learned when I was a little boy. I suspect some of us did as well. 740. It's called, I am Jesus, little lamb. And I want to ask, I want to leave you with these thoughts. Are you okay with being a little lamb? Now, maybe some of us say, well, that sounds kind of silly. That sounds kind of sissy. I don't want a little lamb. No, really. Would you be okay with being a little lamb? What would that be like if you could just be Jesus, little lamb? I'll tell you what it's like. Listen to the words you're going to sing. Listen to these words of this simple little children's hymn. This is what it's like to be a little lamb following the good shepherd. Would you please stand and sing with me? Hymn 740.